MSW Media. Hi, this is Zane Lamprey. You are listening to What We're Drinking with my good friend Dan Dunn. Always a good time. That is a fact. That is an absolute fact because I've done it several times. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with and done. That's right, I am Dan Dunn, and I'll be here all week. This is my show, What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And a little bit later on this show, I'm going to be talking to Tyler Hubbard and Brian Kelly of Florida Georgia Line. That's right, big band, big, talented band. Well, it's just two of them and their band. Uh, Tyler and BK have their own whiskey. It's called Old Camp. And I'm going to shoot some of that whiskey with them a little bit later on this show. Speaking of whiskey, I want to tell you about the Whiskey X. That's right. If you listen to the show, you know I'm involved with the Whiskey X. I go there, do some emceeing. They've got a big one coming on Friday, October 18th in Denver, Colorado at the Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum. It's going to be hot. It's uh, Food Trucks Live Music. You know that live music is? St. Paul and the Broken Bones, an amazing band, one of the best live shows you're ever going to see. Over 60 whiskeys. There's food trucks. There's a barber. You can get a pair of jeans specially fitted for you. And if you go to the whiskeyx.com right now, you can get 20% off VIP tickets thanks to our friends at Flaviar. Flavi- is it Flaviar? Flaviar? I'm never going to learn how to pronounce that correctly. I refuse to. F-L-A-V-I-A-R. Whatever that is. It's a good subscription service. I get I get a monthly package from them, and it's fantastic. Uh, they'll give you 20% off vi- uh, VIP tickets for the Whiskey X in Denver. So what are you waiting for? Go do it. Got lots to get to today on this episode. We're going to start off with news. That's right, actual news. I, I mean, We won't do that very often, but this week there is just news. There's stuff, stuff we got to talk about here, and... So last week, the Trump administration announced it would impose tariffs uh, on seven and a half billion dollars worth of European goods. Uh, This is in retaliation to something the EU did that that made Donald Trump angry. Um, Included in that is a 25 percent tariff on all single malt scotch whiskey imports. And that is set to take effect on October 18th. Folks, this is bad news, major bad news for the scotch industry, as the U.S. is Scotland's uh, largest market. Overall, scotch exports to the U.S. last year were worth $1.3 billion. That's overall. That's a fifth of the total global exports. Um, And the U.S., just with single malt scotch, is worth almost $500 million to Scotland. And that's about a third of their global market. And with Christmas coming up, 
uh, single malts are going to be, it's going to suffer. That industry is going to suffer. An example of what could happen, uh, you know, other tariffs that were issued on bourbon and American whiskey by a combination of the EU and Canada, Mexico and China, that those were in retaliation to some of Trump's other tariffs. Well, that led to an 8% slump in exports uh, compared to last year, um, since the tariffs got issued. So, uh, news out of the UK today is that, uh, members of parliament over there are calling on Boris Johnson to intervene directly with Donald Trump to prevent the U S from imposing these tariffs on scotch whiskey. Um, there was a uh, one person in particular said that the damage to Scotland could be huge, especially rural Scotland. We'll probably have to lay some people off. They're saying up to 3,000 jobs could be at risk. Uh, this could get ugly, and I worry what's going to happen. I worry that my scotch supply is going to take a hit. I don't want that to happen. I really don't. Um, nobody does, right? Who wants to, who wants to worry about scotch? I don't. So we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to stay on top of this story for you. Okay. Um, in other scotch news, that's right. There's more scotch news. Scotch is just all over the news this week. Um, remember Tide Pods? Remember idiot kids were eating Tide Pods and dying? Well, now we have uh, Scotch Pods, or as they're calling them, glassless cocktails. Uh, I guess for people who are um, too busy to pour. You get too busy to pour some shit. Uh, they, this is the Glenlivet. They tweeted out, no ice, no stir, no glass. We're redefining how whiskey can be enjoyed. And they did this at London Cocktail Week. They rolled this product out. The product um, is edible capsules of scotch. They look like Tide Pods, except they have scotch in them. They're 23 milliliters. They're biodegradable. You pop them in your mouth, and you get an instant burst of scotch flavor. That's right. An instant burst of scotch flavor. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. I think. People are kind of going nuts on uh, Twitter, and not in a good way. <laughs> Uh, they don't, I don't think people love this. Um, whiskey shouldn't explode in your mouth all at once. You know, it should be, it's, it's somebody called it jello shots. You've reinvented jello shots. Why not just put it in an IV bag? Somebody wrote, uh, I don't know how this is going to work out for the Glenlivet. And, uh, again, I'm going to stay on top of that breaking story as well. Now let's get to a portion of the show that I know you all enjoy, especially you, those of you out there who are consumers of adult beverages. And I figure if you're listening to the show, that's all of you. So got some new stuff to tell you about, some new products that are hot off the presses or hot off the stills, I should say. Uh, Jack Daniels has just announced Tennessee and just launched Tennessee Apple. It is a blend of Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey and apple liqueur. Okay. Some of you are maybe sighing out that and rolling your eyes. I gotta tell you, I tried it and I don't hate it. And that makes me feel bad, but I don't hate it. I actually like it. It's, it's got a nice little flavor to it. Um, it, <laughs> you look, I like Jack Daniels a lot and I do like apple liqueur and I never thought that they would come together in one product, but they have. 
it's easy drinking. It's only 70 proof. Um, it's $27 a bottle. Uh, I think it's a good entry drink for the entry level whiskey drinker. There you go. That'll be my take on it. Okay. So, uh, Jack Daniels, Tennessee apple, new product, 27 bucks a bottle. Uh, a little bit more on the sophisticated side. Campari just unveiled a new expression of its iconic red aperitif, and this is called Campari Cask Tales, okay? As the name implies, it is a take on classic Campari, and it's finished in bourbon barrels, which results in a different, you know, a new, all-new sort of flavor uh, for Campari. You smell it, it's it's really smells like the traditional Campari. It's got that herbal profile. But on the palate, the the bourbon barrel really finishes, you know, it smooths out some of the bitter notes and lends a little fruitiness, a little bit of creamy tones to it. And there's just a little bit of oaky smokiness to it. Oaky smoky. Oaky smoky. Just like to say that. Say it out loud right now, wherever you are. Say oaky smoky. It's fun, right? So the Campari Cask Tales um, was the brainchild of Campari's uh, master blender, Bruno Malavesi. But Bruno brought in some friends, some bartenders to consult on this. And they're friends of mine, Leo Robachek, Gaz Regan, and Jeffrey Morgenthal are all guys I've known for a long time. Very, very smart guys. They lent their expertise and guidance alongside Bruno and helped to develop this product, which uh, can go well in a cocktail, or you can just sip on it all by itself. It's got 25% alcohol by volume. It is available now in very limited quantities. It's $70 per one liter bottle, okay? Normally, you're going to get a 750 milliliter. That's two of those, one liter, okay? Final product to tell you about this week. I know a lot of you like the vodka. Uh, There's a new one called Organica. And I have been sipping on it lately, and I got to tell you, I dig it. It's uh, from the Siberian rainforest. It's sustainably sourced from grains and and botanicals there. Uh, The company commits a portion of its proceeds from every bottle sold to support sanctuaries that rescue the Amur tiger. Okay, I don't know what the Amur tiger is, but what I do know is it's a tiger, and it was in trouble. It was on its way to being extinct. And there's still only 600 of them alive in the world today, but they're coming back thanks to the efforts of conservationists and animal rights people and, of course, Organica Vodka, who's donating some money to the cause. Um, it's, uh, so there are two different bottles I have. There. The one is the original. Uh, it's 32 bucks, And uh, it's got it's a creamy textured vodka. And there's some spice on that as well. There's some citrus notes. I, when I smelled it, I get like a, almost a toast on the nose, like toast, you know, you're making some toast in the morning and, uh, you got a little bit of burn on the palate at the end and I, it's a good drink to mix. You mix that with some, with some vodka or some, I mean, with some iced tea or cranberry. Well, you could put vodka in. You got to have a vodka and vodka if you really want to do it up. And then they have one that's called Organica Vodka Life, which is a slightly higher end vodka. It's $42 a bottle. This is, they call this an ultra premium vodka. They use the base spirit from the original, but then they infuse it with this this leaf. It's called a Sagan Dahlia leaf extract. It's from a, a shrub that's found 
only on the shores of Lake Baikal, which uh, I assume is in the Siberian rainforest. And they add this to it. And what that brings to the, to the vodka is an extra herbal note, I guess, you know, it was herbal to begin with, but there's a real herbaceousness to it now. And it's, it's, it's delicate. It's a very delicate vodka. And I actually like to put it in the freezer and then put it over a little ice. And it's just very refreshing. Um, it's not easy to get this one. It's not available everywhere. Um, but you can go to their, their self-distributing. So they're in a couple of States. They're in Florida, New York, California, some others go to Organica, dot vodka and that's organica with a k dot vodka and you'll be able to find that what else i got for you oh that's right i promised you an interview i did i i my florida georgia line you know them they're big big duo these guys have tons of hits they're big time they just wrapped up a tour and i was invited to come meet the guys down in Irvine, California, which is about an hour south of where I am in Venice, California. So I got down there and I got to have some whiskey. The guys have a whiskey, they have their own whiskey, but let's have them tell you about it. I, uh, it's no secret I love whiskey. And uh, also no secret, I probably talked about this, like flavored whiskey is something I'm trying to come around to. I've been, it's, it's a thing, it's happening. It's, a, you know, we I recently had uh, G-Eazy on the show a while back, he's got a flavored whiskey. It's a, it's a movement, okay, in the spirits world. And I have in front of me right now some old camp peach pecan whiskey, and I'm going to take a sip of that right now to get this thing going. Mm. I got to tell you, man, I like it. I uh, do like it. And with me. Smooth. The gentlemen who are responsible for this whiskey, the men who created this whiskey, we've got BK Brian Kelly and Tyler Hubbard, also known as the duo Florida Georgia line. Hey, How are hey. you, boys? Ooh, man, we're great. Thanks Good for to see you. Yeah, thanks Good for having me in. Um, you guys got a big show tonight down here in Irvine, California. Last show of the tour, baby. Big big show. This is it. Yeah, Very this cool. is it. Exciting. It's. Uh, you come to California often? I think it every every year every for year. sure we a couple, couple to, good man. times we yeah. love Cali no man it's a uh, amazing people amazing landscapes ama- I mean for vacation and and for work we we love coming here you guys are from Tennessee right well I'm from Georgia and he's from Florida but we but, but you we, met in Tennessee. We, we met in Nashville. Well, we met on okay. eHarmony. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that it? You too? <laughs> we did it <laughs> and, uh, but, but yeah, we between there and uh, BK and them live in Florida too, so okay. back and forth. So you guys, you got this whiskey, got the old camp. It, it started in 2016. Tell me about the, the, the genesis of this. Why, why do your own whiskey? And knowing that there are tons of celebrities, musicians, actors are getting... What inspired you to get into the game? I think we just it was kind of happened organically, you know. Tradition, we were yeah. we were drinking whiskey out here on the road uh for so long. We just thought, man, that'd be kind of fun to create our own whiskey that we can be proud of and uh and then we decided once we got into the testing and the tasting, we were like, "Hey, why don't we do a flavored whiskey that can kind of cater to the non-whiskey drinker?" You know, kind of whatever BK and I are into, we're like, let's design our own. You know what I mean? So at the time we were drinking uh, other flavored whiskeys and, you know, when the Fireball was hot, we were singing about Fireball and, and it just kind of inspired the whole 
the whole whiskey movement kind of uh, something we became sort of passionate about. Well, you and I touched on this earlier when we started. So, BK, was there any sort of a worry that maybe you'd run afoul of the whiskey purists by coming by doing the flavored whiskey right out of the bat? I mean, you guys are from the South. People take their whiskey seriously down there in the South. Was there ever a thought of like, man, no, got I, it? I, no, no. I think we uh, we stayed true to, to what we wanted to do. Yeah. So people can perceive it, however, and uh, we know that we made a great product. We know that with every sip, you kind of get a little taste of Florida and Georgia, and that was important for us to kind of off off the you know first on the market. Hey, here's here's us, and uh, don't get behind anything else. And we came out with an American whiskey pretty quick, so it wasn't. You know, it wasn't sitting on the shelves alone for for too too long. But um, yeah, man. Something. I mean, when you're proud of something, you don't. You're not really concerned too much about what people say. And if people are talking, that's that's a good thing. So, right on, right on. So you talk about the the process of of crafting this whiskey. I mean, did you guys were you sitting down? Were you doing were you doing the tasting tests? Were you? How did this actually? How did you arrive at this? 2015. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we did a lot of meet and greets half half lit because we uh, <laughs> we were doing the testing. I'm sorry, I keep saying testing. We were testing and we were tasting uh, before the meet and greets. So we we would went through many many rounds of kind of narrowing it down, and they'd come back and bring us uh, the narrowed down versions, and we continue to kind of master it and narrow it down. And uh, it was a fun process for us, you know. Looking back on it now, is uh, of course. I mean, we sat around a table for half an hour and drank whiskey and made notes, and uh, you know, tried not to. Uh, lose our taste buds in the process, you know. I but think it was also, fun. you know, it comes comes down to creating. To answer to, and to go back to that question, comes down to creating. You know, for us to come out with a flavor that hadn't been done before, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's just, a, it, it. By the way, uh, you know, at home, you're not near. It is a really interesting and and delicious sort of a combination. You know, I've never the peach. You're getting that, and it's not. What is nice is it's not cloyingly sweet. Right. You're getting a, a very subtle peach flavor but i kind of the pecan flavor kinda to me it, you know is really adding a layer to it that i don't i've never had in a whiskey before when you were when you were trying to come up with this flavor, was there something you had in mind was there a th- thing you remember from your your youth like was it a pie was it you know because it has that sort of a it tastes almost like a, a meal in a way this yeah. this whiskey was there yeah. was there something that you were drawing on growing up that thought, this is what i want my whiskey to taste like i think just the blending of florida and georgia is, yeah. is pretty southern you know and it just it just uh it came pretty natural man i mean we didn't when it came to kind of the our taste buds we kind of it kind of that's kind of where the, the road led and um you know we weren't trying anything strawberry anything too crazy i mean we said no immediately and it was like hey let's let's uh make sure you know it's got to be something from florida and from georgia how can we blend those literally yeah and come out with something cool and um you know tyler and i love writing songs we love creating a whiskey we love going through the whole process from the branding the, the pictures the images all the content to the way it tastes the way it finishes um it's important um if if all if any step along the way isn't you it's not yours yeah. you, you know it might most of it might be but it's important for us to to kind of check off every list and um yeah we love creating things man it's 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 fun to you know a, a publishing company a record label um, I think we find it very fulfilling, and and it's so you're you, on the tour. You've had this out on the tour. You find the fans are reacting well. This is I know you guys are going to go on the road with Kenny Chesney, 
I had Kenny on my old series show a couple of times, and Kenny sort of laid that template where he was taking Blue Chair Bay rum, and you'd go out to those concerts, and they'd have those pavilions set up all over the place, and people, his fans were devouring that stuff. I mean, you sort of getting that same sort of thing going here, Yeah, I think so. You know, it's kind of a, it's sort of a, hey, this is what we're drinking, so why don't y'all drink it? And it sort of organically turns into a big activation out here on tour, and it's like, why not throw up a bunch of old camp tents and let the fans uh, enjoy our product, and then kind of, kind of ride the same bus throughout the show because we're all kind of sipping the same stuff i don't know there's some kind of cool connection there and it's uh it was kind of a no-brainer for us to have old camp out here as a as a sponsor of the tour and it's it's a very affordable you you were you mentioned earlier the approachability of the whiskey meaning you don't have to be in fact you know you're not a hardcore whiskey fan this is sort of an entree into whiskey right but also price-wise is it 20 bucks a bottle Something like that, right? Uh, it's yeah. not, not far from that. If yeah, it's I mean, not that's, that. yeah, that's it's, fantastic. Because it's great quality, too. So that's what I mean. It, it's it's a really cool quality it. whiskey. Tastes yeah. good. Good price. So you, uh, a lot of times people talk about what your inspiration is musically. Whiskey-wise, what's your inspiration? I mean, what kind of whiskeys do you guys drink? Like, what, what you got some, you a Jack Daniels guy, you a Beam guy, you Scotch. I mean, Man, what do you... We, uh, I kind of sip different things with the seasons, to be yeah, honest. I like Scotch. I like Scotch in the winter sometimes, but you know, we... We drank a lot of Jack Daniels, man. Uh, I don't know if that's because we spent a lot of time in Tennessee or if it's just what was. I don't know, man. Like all of our green rooms but coming up, they, day, we yeah. all we always had Jack Daniels. So that's the first thing that comes to mind, and I think that's probably the most familiar taste and the, kind of the go-to for us back in the day, especially. Yeah. Well, listen, guys. Uh, I know you got a big show tonight, and uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me about this whiskey. And when are you guys going back on the road with Kenny? I think that starts in April. Is that right? Ah, uh, Jensen. Sometime in the spring. April, May. Yes, it does. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do during your break oh. between now and then? Man, we're going to be working on our, our next record. We uh, we've been writing all tour and got uh, a bunch of songs built up. So we're going to get back to Nashville and kind of pick through those and pick the best ones and uh, get back in the studio and keep rocking. When you're one work, I know it's wrapping up, and now I want to ask you: When you're doing it, we were talking about a record, okay? The whole idea of a record was nine, ten. That was because that's what fit on vinyl. When you're doing this now, are you all still thinking that way? Like, we got to get 10 songs? Or could it be, hey, I got, we got 15 great songs, we got four great songs? The way you release music, does that, is that changing for you, or is it, is you still want to do? It's definitely changing. It's in the process of changing for sure, you know, but, uh, and you know kind of the way our structure is right now currently is still best for us to kind of put 12 to 15 songs on a project you know kind of what the, the our fans still really like that full uh that full experience if you will you know what i mean that whole chapter at once but we're we're excited about you know pushing the limits a little bit and maybe dropping a song here and there randomly and doing different stuff like that because yeah now now the way that music is consumed man is changing as well so the way that we release it it's changing for sure great well guys uh, i recommend everybody out there pick up some old camp it's really delicious i get you mind if i who wants to do a shot yeah, keep sipping man somebody Actually, anybody you know want to got, got me itching now all right oh hold on a second i might need one tyler was holding off but now we have, we have changed direction here i, I gotta have a shot with you guys come on there we go <laughs> here we go hey cheers thanks and, for chatting with us hmm. yeah hell yeah BK and Tyler, Florida Georgia Line, Old Camp Whiskey. Check it out.
Cool guys, man. Enjoyed talking to them. And, uh, and uh, I got to catch the show that night, too. And, you know, I'm not a, I wasn't from, real familiar with the guys. I'm not a big uh, uh, country music guy, although I hear that Ken Burns documentary is really something worth watching. Um, but Florida Georgia Line, I got into their music now, and I got to tell you, I dig it. And I'm glad they hung out with me. So... What else we got on this episode of the show? That's right. I got some complaints from people that I wasn't doing, keeping up with my segment. It's driving me to drink. And, you know, I don't want to let you down, so let's do it. It's driving me to drink. What's driving me to drink this week is made-up booze holidays. October 4th was National Vodka Day. For tens of adult beverage lovers around this great nation, it was a day to celebrate a popular spirit, commemorate its history, and get hella wasted on that blandest of white spirits, Mother Vodka. National Vodka Day's roots can be traced back to 2009 when someone who was clearly being paid too much by a liquor industry consortium took it upon themselves to invent it. To make it official, another probably less well-compensated person created a just-this-side-of-parody website. Seriously, check out nationalvodkaday.com. It's a pretty interesting site. To be fair, it is more professional-looking than the sites for National Taco Day, which is also October 4th, National Chicken Wing Day, July 29th, and National Grab Some Nuts Day, August 3rd. Note, do not confuse that last one with National Scratch Your Nuts Day, which is, let me check my calendar, today and tomorrow. I celebrated yesterday, too. What can I say? I'm full of the Scratch Your Nuts spirit. So after several years of uh, years, I felt like years, hours of research, I have come to the conclusion that nobody knows who's responsible for establishing National Vodka Day. Uh, actually, that's not true. I must confess, I couldn't get myself to give half a piece of dried out sheep shit about who started it. And to be frank, the lion's share of my research came out of a bottle, though I did put many hours into it. But as a longtime connoisseur of terrible, terrible things, I'll gladly raise a toast to the trailblazing son of a bitch that started National Vodka Day, as well as the sad, sad employee of PartyExcuses.com, that had to build its website. And you know what? Let's give the Taco Day guy some too. Nice job, Taco Day guy. I'm going to have you both over when National Bullshit Holiday Day rolls around, which, by the way, is traditionally celebrated the seventh Tuesday of Craptember. Now, some of you might be wondering, why have a National Vodka Day in the first place? Or, what's the significance of October 4th? Or... Does the fact that I called in sick to work so I could celebrate a fake holiday mean that I'm an alcoholic? Well, stop with all the wondering. It's only going to get in the way of the fun. Sure, it's ridiculous to have a national holiday to celebrate a distilled spirit, especially one that wasn't even invented here. And yes, fine. According to the National Vodka Day website, which I now use as my browser's default, the date was chosen at random. I think that's very festive. But let me make one thing perfectly clear. 
If you, like me, skipped work on October 4th so you could drink Smirnoff for 16 hours straight, it doesn't mean you're a lush. It just means you really like tacos. At least that's what any halfway resourceful lush told himself and his concerned loved ones. The point is, there is absolutely no point to National Vodka Day, other than it being another excuse to drink, like Cinco de Mayo, Arbor Day, and Yom Kippur. And when an excuse to drink prevents itself, you run with it. In fact, I propose we add a National Drunk People Running Day to the calendar. We've needed one ever since they banned alcohol at Beta Breakers. Look it up. Now, some of you may be asking yourself, Dan, when are you going to talk about caramel and black currant and root beer flavored vodka? We used to love drinking that at the highlighter mixers at Theta Phi Gamma. And to you, I say no. These quote-unquote fun vodkas are where I draw the line. Vodka has been bullying the entire alcohol market for decades now. It's bad enough that you have to specify that you want gin and a martini these days. And beer sales have been declining in recent years as vodka's fortune continues to rise. But it must end here. Because for centuries, these fun flavors could only be found in schnapps. Poor little schnapps with its sad bottom shelf section and dusty bottles and terrible hangovers. First vodka came for gin and I said nothing. Then vodka came for beer and I said nothing. Well, I'll be good and goddamned if I'm not going to stick up for schnapps in their hour of need. Vodka is not supposed to be fun. Vodka was invented as a way of grimly making yourself as intoxicated as possible. Ask any 19th century Russian peasant. You want fun? Go see schnapps. October 16th is National Liqueur Day, people. Get on down to your local liquor purveyor and ask him for his finest bottle of De Kuiper butter shots. It tastes like two butterscotches are fucking in your mouth. And while you're there, stock up on banana, watermelon, bubblegum, and whipped cream schnapps. Because with so many flavored spirits that sound as though they were made by Oompa Loompas and belong in juice boxes, it's only a matter of time before some moron invents national drink like a third grader day. Oh look, I just did. Craptember 3rd. See you on the playground. Baby, lay on back and relax. Kick your pretty feet up on my dash. No need to go nowhere fast. Let's enjoy right here where we at. Who knows where this road is supposed to